is in session under Everyday Heroes under the official Rob Glasser Network. Today we have art history once again, and we're going to talk about the world of Islamic art. It is beautiful and pretty interesting too, so get out those notebooks, guys. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Before we begin, as I always do, go grab one of our Classes in Session shirts. You'll be fully immersed in all of this fun stuff, and it might even get you a free thing or two as well. So pick up your phone, scan that QR, and boom, it'll bring you over to the site. While you're there, you can check out the rest of our uh, awesome gear that we have on Ultra Universe Live. So with that being said, I will pop this back up um, at the end of the our session. So today it is art history, and we're talking about the uh, history of Islamic art or the brief history of it. So again, the metmuseum.org is a wonderful plethora of, excuse me, artwork and beauty and all this good stuff. And they wrote down a little uh, segment on Islamic art. So ready to go? Let's get those pens and pencils going, shall we? So, the term Islamic, Islamic art not only describes the art created specifically in the service of the Muslim fake, faith, excuse me, for example, a mosque and its furnishings, but also characterizes the art and architecture historically produced in the lands ruled by Muslims, produced for Muslim patrons, and created by Muslim artists. As it is not only a re religion, but a way of life, Islam fostered the development of its distinctive culture with its own unique artistic language that is reflected in art and architecture throughout the Muslim world. Excuse me, guys. Um, the land newly conquered by the Muslims had their own pre-existing artistic traditions, initially at least. Those artists who had worked under Byzantine or Sasanian patronage continued to work in their own indigenous styles, but for Muslim patrons. The first examples of Islamic art, therefore, rely on earlier techniques, styles, and forms blending classical and Iranian decorative themes and motifs. Even, <laughs> excuse me, I was going to sneeze. Um, even religious monuments erected under Umayyad patronage uh, that have a clearly Islamic function and meaning, such as the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem, and it demonstrates the amalgam of Greco-Roman, Byzantine, and Sasanian elements. Drum uh, in the Rock is one of the most famous architectural features in the world. If you haven't seen pictures of it, go. But if you're able to travel there, you want to check it out. It is beautiful, one of my bucket list places for sure. Um, only gradually, under the impact of the Muslim faith, <laughs> excuse me, um, and an ascent Islamic state, did a uniquely Islamic art emerge. The rule of the Umayyad. Umayyad Caliphate from 661 to 750s is often considered to be the formative period in Islamic art. One method of classifying Islamic art used in the Islamic galleries in the Metropolitan Museum is according to the dynasty reigning when the art was produced. This type of periodization follows the general uh, precepts of Islamic history, which is divided into and punctuated by the rule of various dynasties, beginning with Umayyad and Abbasid, that governed a vast Islamic state, um, and concluding with the more regional, though powerful, dynasties such as the Safavids, uh, Ottomans, and Mughals. 
Now, lastly, with its geographic spread and long history, Islamic art was inevitably subject to a wide range of regional and even national styles and all influences as well as changes within the various periods of its development. It is all the more remarkable, then, that even under these circumstances, Islamic art has always retained its intrinsic quality and unique identity. Just as the religion of Islam embodies a way of life and serves as a cohesive force among ethnically and culturally diverse peoples, the art produced by and for Muslim societies has basic identifying and unifying characteristics. Some of the most salient of these is the, is the predilection for all over-surface decoration, and there are four basic components to ornament, calligraphy, vegetal patterns, geometric patterns, and figural representation. If you guys want to check it out and copy any of that down, go for it. The link is up there for you. Now, I would have to, I got to show you some of this cool stuff. So let's just jump in. I found five items. Sorry about the fuzziness on the computer. So this right here is strictly known as a panel. This is from the second half of the 8th century. Uh, the most complete surviving example of its kind, this panel most likely comes from the side of a cenotaph. It shows clear similarities to the carved decoration of a group of panels found at Ain al-Sirah Cemetery in Egypt. It incorporates decorative elements from both the late antique and Sasanian traditions. The geometric, mot geometric motifs, my apologies, derive directly from Roman mosaics, whereas the wing-like designs in the arch Spandrels are of Sasanian deviation. It's pretty cool, guys, right? So, if you like that, next up, where's our fairies? All right, so this is pretty cool. I'm a fan of anything that is uh, sculpted. So this is basically just a simple bowl. However, it has a Arabic inscription on it. This is from the 10th century. Um, the there you go. <laughs> it's my computer. Um, the uh, calligraphic decoration on the bowl reads, Planning before work protects you from regret, prosperity, and peace. But the shortening, bending, and elongation of the letters has transformed the words into abstract motifs of tremendous power. With its monumental presence and the artful arrangement of its letters, in which vertical flourishes punctuate the horizontal flow of the words, Excuse me, this bull stands out among many the other many other inscribed ceramics of the period. So it's kind of cool. It means something literally, but the drawing also induces a different differentiate of the letters and what it really means. Now this guy is amazing. I, mean, I know I say it for everything, but this guy is really, really nice. So these are um there's actually two. They're they're on top of each other, but a pair of minbar doors. So a minbar or pulpit consists of a podium reached by stairs with doors such as these at its base. It is used in mosques by imams, prayer leaders to deliver the sermon um, at the main service of the week at noon on Friday. These doors with the intricate geometric inlay typical of the Mamluk period are thought to come from the 14th century mosque of Saif al-Din Qusan in Cairo. They were one of the earliest bequests to the museum, donated by Edward C. Moore, someone who actually was a designer at Tiffany and Company who inspired, who was inspired by Islamic art. Now, this is great because I know even in uh, Judaism and I know in um, Christianity, the, the temples, the mosques, the, um, <clears throat> the churches, you have all of this very intricate work. Not only is it signifying something of religious matter, 
but the artwork itself signifies just a whole feeling of kind of unity in a sense. How beautiful is this looking and how awesome is the geometric patterns? So we got a couple more here for you. I really love sculptures. I've talked about this before. So where is this guy here? Where'd you go, sculpture? There you are. So this is known as Mounted Hunter with Cheetah. So at this time, uh, 12th, early 13th century is when this was made. Um, in, in the ancient times, you had specialized cheetah keepers who actually tamed and trained wild cats like cheetahs, caracals, and other wild felines specifically for hunting expeditions. This was a leisure pursuit of those who were wealthy or those who were royalty. The trained felines rode with the masters on horses and hunted animals such as hares and gazelles. So while this guy is on the cheetah, didn't actually ride the cheetah, you really can't ride a cheetah for different reasons. But the cheetahs would act as basically the hunting dogs, in this case, the hunting cats. Um, despite this horseman's weapon, which is a mace and shield, his small cheetah suggests he is a hunter. The figure is manufactured by altering a pre-existing mold of a drinker. The applied arm holding the mace covers and conceals the mold's original bent arm holding a cup. So this particular guy was covering another sculpture, but it still looks pretty cool, I think. And it still gives you the right idea, right? All right, lastly, one more dish that I thought was amazing. You can see all this stuff on the Metropolitan website as well. So this is just called Dish with Bird, Rabbit, and Quadruped Design. Quadruped is a four-legged animal. As you can see, there are some animals that are four-legged that don't look like dogs in the background. So this is from the last century, last quarter, 16th century. Excuse me. Um, the animals on this dish, some more recognizable than others, have an old iconog iconographic tradition in Anatolia and can, be, and can be related to figural Seljuk art. The central design is, in effect, a painted menagerie, an approach not often attempted by Isnik potters before and around 1570. Another group of animals pursue each other on the rim of the dish. The bold effect of the bright green ground is heightened by the potter's decision to leave the cavetto blank, which is that white area there, in essence providing breathing room for the composition. This stuff is amazing, guys. I mean, you know, art is hard, but this is art on a whole nother level. And think about it. Back in the day, this was like a hardcore business to do. This was something you did to make a living. Now, yes, artists today still paint and sculpt to make a living, but this signified the culture, not just the person doing so, and not just the person making something. It literally meant something more than just art. So I hope you guys enjoyed this video. This class was great. As always, one more time, I'm going to throw this up while we finish up. If you guys haven't yet, go ahead, get your phone out really quick. I know we got a couple people watching. If you don't mind, grab your phone, click on it. It'll show you how easy it is to grab it. And then it'll open up the link. You can grab a, a, a shirt and you are good to go. All right, guys. So thank you so much for joining us today. Tomorrow we have a brand new video. We are going to actually do our surprise recording tomorrow. So hopefully by uh, Monday, it should be up and ready. That's exciting. So you're going to want to you have to uh, stick around for that for sure. Um, until then, guys, thank you so much. And, excuse me, guys, there you go. Stay curious. Thank you.